Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Welcome to another episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And this week we have a treat for you folks. The one, the only, Def Leppard High and Dry. Yep. It was released on July 11th, 1981, and this is the band's second outing. That's right. And After uh, On Through the Night. But I'm just going to throw it on the record. <laughs> Best fucking Def Leppard album in the catalog. Agreed. Um, I think that might be the only thing we agree on about this record, though. Uh, possibly. I got the feeling it'll get deep when we get down into the deep shit. But Can I go out of order here on something? Yeah, I don't care. So explain this to me. So the, their first album, On Through the Night, right? Yep. It's a great record, too. Why is the song On Through the Night on this record? I was thinking that myself, Yeah. but I'm glad it is on this one. Oh, that's a good song. And hold on, is Wasted on the... On Through the Night? I think so. Okay, so there is a later version of this that I believe they added Wasted and On Through the Night onto this album. Oh, okay. But this is, I think that come out maybe in 84. Oh, yeah, they did that because that's a remix of Bring on the Heartbreak on that one too, right? Yeah, it's got yeah. like keyboards or yeah. something laying over it. So this is an OG one, so they're not on this one. Yeah. But regardless, it's, it's their best work. That's fantastic. And I'll get into my reasons why here in a little bit. I'm sure you'll get into yours. Yeah. So let's say a big smoking hello to Mr. L. Smoko, <laughs> the smoking computer sitting in the corner. How you doing, buddy? All right. Nice. Well, I know you were in charge of the swag beer this week. And of course, he didn't bring it. It's true. So although, I, although next week, though. Next, okay. Next week, this he, week. He says he's got it solid for next week. But <laughs> So when I was out at the local retail grocer today, uh, I just happened upon something. So you want to get in the whopping cooler there? Yeah, seems, I'll how, it. seems how Marshall uh, hasn't reached out to us yet and uh, hooked us up with a sweet little Marshall half stack mini fridges. Oh, what do we got this week? Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. Hams, tall boys. All right. I have never had hams in my life. So, um, I used to bash my cousin Troy's balls when he'd post on Facebook about drinking hams, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? So, this one goes out to cousin Troy. I'm going to try hams, and I'll, I'll let you know. Salute. All right, here we go. Let's see. Yeah, it's tasty. Mm. What do you think? Mm, it's kind of... Kind of grapefruity tasting to me. <laughs> I mean, if that beer was an amp, it would have a lot have a lot of mid range in it, right there. Yeah, it's got a lot of mids. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's terrible. Is is it is it better than the Mickey's? No. Is it drinkable? Yeah. Um, it blows the Yingling Golden Pilsner <laughs> out of the water. 
And uh, it's a little better than last week's Natty Ice. And the, I, I think dog piss would be better than the Natty Ice. <laughs> I'm still trying to wash that fucking taste out of my mouth. Um, so I've got a, a special love affair with hams. When I was in college, the bar when I lived in the dorm my freshman year, the bar at the end of the street where we used to go drink illegally underage had hams on tap. And so Big J and I used to go down there and drink a lot of hams and he would spend the night in our dorm room. And I remember waking up one night walk into the bathroom and going, why the fuck is the floor all wet? And Big J had gotten up in the middle of the night and pissed in the trash can, which was a wire metal trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Big J. Keeping the party rolling. I mean, no, it's not terrible. I mean, would I want to drink it every day? No. No. But, I mean, if you haven't ever tried it, I think it's worth trying. I mean, it's a good one. If you're going to drink a Schweig beer, this is one of the ones to go for. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, and even on the can, it was born in the land of sky blue waters. That's right. I believe it was originally brewed in Minnesota. Hmm. So I'm going to have to say that the original stuff probably had some of the finest water from Lake Minnetonka in it. You got a towel, man? It's kind of hot out here, man. Why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? Did, there's another brewery. Does somebody big buy it, or is it still independent? Um, <laughs> this is where we should do research. <laughs> research? Who's got to... Dude, we're trying to find beer and do everything else, let alone do research. But um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't it, know it says Ham's Brewing Company. Yeah, maybe it's still. In I mean, shit. Everything else you look up, Paps owns it or has a hand in it, and I think Miller's yeah. got Anheuser Paps Bush now. In so. Bev, like they own everything. But look, can we talk about a more serious issue? Why is it so hard to find good Schweig beer anymore, dude? I don't know. I don't get it. I know the one I'm looking for. There's two, and I'd be damned if I could find them. There's two I'm looking for too, and they could be the same fucking ones. <laughs> but actually, I've got three on my mind. But the two keep sticking with me, and I cannot find them. The, and one of them, the closest I can find, is in South Carolina. Oof. So, you know, I don't know if it's going to be that good to be I was even to go in, to South I was Carolina. in Johnston County this morning, and I still couldn't find any good Schweig beer. No, and I do have my uh, fellow co-workers at work. I told them mm-hmm. they're making a trip down to the beach. And I said, I'm looking for these three beers. I said, if you can find it, I said, bring it back. I'll yeah. pay you for it. Nice. So, I mean, like I said, it's drinkable. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I give it, I give it a three. Um, this has sentimental value to me. I'm going to give it a four. Well, I knew that <laughs> when I found it today. I said, he, I told my, I told my wife, his sister, I said, shit, he's probably drink a shit ton of it in college, like the Mickey's. Yep. And of course, as soon as he opens the cooler, he's, <laughs> he's giddy like a little schoolgirl again. But yeah, I mean, I'll give the hams a thumb up. I mean, it, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it really does kind of have like a more of like a light beer type taste to it. Yeah, it's like um, a what, more flavorful pilsner, right? Yeah, and it's got that tinge on the end that yeah. tastes like the aluminum can. <laughs> I mean, that's swag beer. It is. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't drink it every day, but it's not hateful. No, I've been to shows though, um, maybe a decade ago or so, where one of the options was Ham's Tall Boys. You know. And honestly, if I had this choice over a pbr yeah i'll take this yeah i mean you know i don't i don't hate pbr i don't hate it neither but after that day at the pool which one day we'll probably get into that story folks ever since then i've been a little gun shy of the pbr yeah but understandable well let's get on to something that is hopefully going to get some fives out of us let's let's talk about def leopard high and dry yeah let's do it um and this is an og pressing that we have 
absolutely. Um, I th- I don't. This this one was pretty clean, right? Yeah, I think there was only one pop that I heard. It was like halfway through side one. Other than okay. that, it was really pristine. Because I've had this one for a long time. I mean, you can tell by the wear on the jacket. Yeah, but even though, I mean, this is records from '81. It's it's not beat up at all, jacket and the, or the the record itself. It's in good shape. But uh, that's probably one of my crown jewels in my collection out of, that I've had for a long time <laughs> that didn't get tore up. That's pretty great. You want to talk about the start with the album cover and artwork? Yeah, we can. Um, I've always loved his album cover. Um, you know, it's got that jump into an empty pool mentality. <laughs> this cover's weird. I go back and forth. Well, but but then I was going to say that the people around the border, they look creepy as hell. That's right. And that's on the front and the back. And I thought the back was pretty awesome. It must have been, hey, our shirts are in the laundry day for <laughs> Pete, Joe, and Steve. Hey! You guys had shirts on when you came in here. There's something happened to him, on. <laughs> Come on, Spicoli, just put the shirts back on. You see that sign? No shirt, no shoes, no dives. <laughs> right. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And so, I mean, you know, it's just, and it's like Rick Allen and uh, what Rick Savage yeah. is like, nah, fuck you guys. We ain't doing that shit. <laughs> but I mean, God, they was all babies when they uh, they were. I mean, did this, this. Is, you know, almost 40 years ago. And they all have the exact same haircut, too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. But, and this was before Joe went like platinum blonde. Yep. So, uh, you know. This is when he still had some street cred. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, they were one of the uh, the bands that was the new wave of British heavy metal. And know? that's like, if you look up this album, it's classified under heavy metal, which I could see that. But the one thing that crushed it was Iron Fucking Maiden come out right? <laughs> at the same time. So, like, I, uh, I think I've got that in my notes from one of the other sections. But when you go through, like, the first record, heavy metal... And this is like their genre listing on, on Wikipedia. This one, heavy metal. And then it moves to glam metal and hair metal. I honestly, I'd call Pyromania more pop than I would, I would hair, you know, any hair metal. But, um, yeah, so I thought we thought it was really cool that they were part of the new wave of British heavy metal because there's so many awesome bands that came from that, you know, Iron Maiden, uh, fucking Diamond Head, um, Samson, who was Bruce Dickinson's band before yeah. Iron Maiden. Um God, who else? Tigers of Pantone? Like, there's so many good bands. Well, Except was... Wasn't Except around that time, too? They were, but weren't they from Germany? Yeah, they might have been, yeah. but fucking is Guido, man. <laughs> I mean, the dude was like four foot tall. I mean, it, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to give the album cover a four. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a four, too, just because it's so weird. Like, I don't know if it would be more or less weird without the weird black and white photos of the dudes looking up. On the front and then down on the back, well, but it's the same people, right? Yeah, it's the same people. They're just looking down, and it's but the I same mean, like people on both sides. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. but yeah, but I do like how they did the little Brady Bunch looking square thing on the back too. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. <laughs> I still don't understand fully understand the cover with what that has to do with the dude diving in the pool. I don't know. I'm not complaining. But, it's, it's, you know, it's they did one. they did party a lot back then. So That's true. Who knows. Hey, Def Lep, reach out to us. Yeah, let us know what the deal is. All right. Well, you want to dive into the... Ha-ha, <laughs> you like what I did there? I see what you did. So let's dive into the strong tracks. All right. Um, so I gave it... I went back and forth. 
I, I gave it a three out of five because there's some songs that aren't as strong as others. I had it as a four and then I backed it down to a three. But um, the thing is with this record, like side one is a five out of five to me and side two is like a two and a half out of five. <clears throat> See, side two, I think it's got some gems on it. I mean, there's a couple there, but I don't know. Side one. No, it is a solid side one. I'll, um, I'll agree what, with that. What'd you give it? I went in and gave it a four, mm-hmm. just because this is my favorite Def Leppard album. Yeah, and uh, I just—I mean, you got "Let It Go," another hit and run, "High and Dry," Saturday Night. I mean, bringing on the heartbreak. That song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a ballad. It's a. Fu- if if I was ever to write one ballad, that would that would be it. I mean, it's 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 great and and it well, still hey, rocks. It it does rock. That song sounds like it should be on Pyromania though, and not this record. It like does. I wonder if that's one of the later songs that they wrote. I'm gonna get into a little you, you deeper on that, right. so I don't want to say too much on it. But yeah, I gave it a four, and it was hard to find one really to throw out on this one. Yeah, this this was. I had to listen to it a couple times, and then my throwaway. I'm happy with it. I mean, it, it. You know, we'll wait until we get to it. This was kind of like last week's episode that my um my track to avoid was a song I still like, but it's just the weakest song on the record to me. Yeah, I I was the same way on this. Yeah. I um, mean, all right. Well, let let's let's hit favorite tracks. Ooh, that one was rough. Yeah. I mean, I, I was torn on this one. Um, I'm giving it a four, and it's high and dry Saturday night. I've just always loved that song. I love the dirty garage band sound of it. Mm-hmm. It sounds raw. It it's like it it sounds like if you're a kid just learning to play guitar, it's one you're gonna say, "Man, I I could play that." And it, even if you had a garage band, you'd be like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's do this song," you know. Yeah. And like Pete Willis, man, yeah. I I loved him. I loved him. Yeah, he was he was great for this time. This is kind of surprising to me. I thought for sure you and I would be all over the place and opposite uh that's my favorite track too uh, holy shit the the, the smoking <laughs> computer is frozen over folks the thing about it that's so great so the chorus um it sounds a lot like kiss you know what i mean like there's a lot of that and then the verse there's some deep purple in it so it's like it's great yeah i mean but uh, honestly if we're going to talk just strictly that song yeah i just love the way that pete willis and steve clark like I said, they got that in-your-face guitar, yeah. and Joe Elliott's voice is raspy as hell on that song. Yep. And I think I like that Joe Elliott a little better than the over-polished pyromania sounding. Agreed. Joe I think Elliott. his voice sounds the best on this record of any of their records. Yeah, it, it's still raw. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we'll get into the whole production right. part of things. But that that with his voice and that little bit of rawness gives him that little bit of edge, right? Yeah, you can still. You know, it's it's Mutt Lang. It's still polished, right? But that gives them a little bit of an edge. But for a Mutt Lang album, this is probably the least polished mm-hmm. out of any of them. Yeah, because they were still using live drums, right? He hadn't switched yeah, this, them over to it. This yeah. was, uh, you know, he still had two arms on this one. That's right. So That's true. And it's got his typical little fills that he used to always do when he had two arms. Yep. Um, look up the uh, VH1 uh, behind the music on that one. That was you, a good one. You'll get the joke on that, folks. Um, what's your track to avoid? Whew. This was rough. I'm more rated at a two. Mm-hmm. You got me running. Same, except I gave it a three. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of boring other than the guitars. 
the 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 guitars back and forth on it. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that about it. Um, you know, the thing too that I did like about the song, it reminds me of Kiss, King of the Nighttime World, on that opening guitar riff. Yeah. And you know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna throw a little trivia out there for you, folks. It was originally done by the Hollywood Stars back in 1974, but Kiss rocked it better. Mm-hmm. I'm going on record saying it. It is probably one of my most favorite Kiss songs. But, I mean, it, it had that vibe to it, but yep. I, I just thought it fell fell a little short. It, it was just kind of, I don't know, I, I guess it was a little wimpy sounding, for lack of a better word. Um, it, I still think it's, it's a pretty good song. It, it is a good I, it's song. It's just sort of the... It was run of the mill. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, to me, it's filler. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I don't think it's a god-awful song. I mean, you know, some other albums we've done, it's been easier to pick one yeah. out. No, I mean, this is definitely one of those records where you pick, they're all good songs, you just pick your least favorite for the and, track to avoid. And that's the thing. You could put that song up against anything that's being put out these days, and that's the number one song. Yeah, I mean, it's good. But yeah, I mean, I liked it. It's just, it just, it, I thought it was a little boring. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, wow, that's just not what I thought would happen. I thought it would be <laughs> well, fucking fireworks. Well, we haven't got to the deep cut yet. That's true. Although I'm, I'm drunk on hams right now. The hams, I'm telling you, it's really not that bad. I mean, it's, good. you're it's, coming around. It's okay to get down with it. You're coming around. Eh, you know, sometimes I can amaze myself, but yeah, the hams ain't bad. Um, all right, so I'll move. I'll do deep cuts first. So. Uh, I gave Deep Cuts a five out of five, right? Uh, do you want to see my five out of five <laughs> on my Deep Cuts too? Um, it was hard to pick, and so, and I don't even know what constitutes a deep cut on this record because it's so good. But um, if I had to pick one, right, I'm going to say another hit and run. But I've got three listed here, right? So I've got an, another hit and run. I went four. <laughs> I got four Deep Cuts <laughs> on this so one. So good. Uh, which I will say, there's so much. Um, kiss sounding stuff on this record. I think another hit and run sounds a lot like Kiss too. I got I got Kiss out of it, yeah. and I got some ACDC out of it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hit on that here um, in a minute. And so my other deep cut is uh, High and Dry Saturday Night, and it's a title track. That's why I don't know if it counts as a deep cut, but I'm gonna throw it in there. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. And then uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't it a, wasn't a single, single right? so yeah, go ahead and throw it out there. And then you know how I love instrumental shit, so I put Switch Six Thirty Five on there. Like that song I, fucking rocks. I've I've got some of that on yeah. uh, notes here too. Um, so I mean, I gave my deep because of five. Lady Strange, I love that fucking song. It is a good song. Let It Go is a great fucking tune. On Through the Night's a great tune, which we talked about is not on the On Through the Night album. I did not choose that because I don't understand why it's on this record and not On Through the Night. Yeah, but I took it because it's it's a great song. It is a good song. And Mirror Mirror. Mm. I love it. But that shows how deep this record is. We picked completely different stuff for Deep Cut. Oh, yeah. And like Let It Go, man. It's like the guitar tones on it are sick as fuck. And it's it's raw and punchy. Yeah. And then... uh, you know, I mean, shit. Let's see. What else did I get here? Um, okay, On Through the Night. You know, it's it's fast-paced. It's got great guitar and harmonies on it. Yeah. Um, That's a typical Def Leppard harmonies, you know? It's great. You could see it starting here on this record, which became huge, obviously. Bigger in Pyromania and bigger in Hysteria. Yeah, but that was it was also more polished. Yeah, which, you know? I mean... 
honestly, I think you and I both agree on this. Like, high end drives the best. Pyromania's Pyromania is still really good, right? But then it starts to decline. Like, there's still some good songs, my, but it's just my top three. Def Leppard is uh, High and Dry, Pyromania, On Through the Night, and then yeah, um, shit. What was the huge motherfucking hysteria? Yeah, hysteria. Yeah. I mean, and after that, they're all pretty much garbage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, Mirror Mirror, man, um, is a great rocker, even though it's a little bit slower. But the harmonizing guitars on that song are great. Yeah, it's like crazy. right around the lead, and then they start. Oh my god! It, and it, it, that part there that reminds me a lot, like Thin Lizzy, yeah. you know, type. Yeah, but I, I know they're that not these really, guys were big Thin Lizzy fans. They're not really dueling yeah. like Thin Lizzy did, but they're like they're harmonizing. Like Thin Lizzy did, and then like like bands like Rat were great at, and you know stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And this, it's weird. A lot of times when uh, bands are having trouble, like this is Pete's last record with the band, right? So yeah. a lot of times when there's you know sort of internal drama and stuff in a band, like you can tell in the record it's not great. Uh, he fucking rips on this record. And like, he had, it's like he had no fucking clue. Yeah. But uh, it's like he got Dave Mustaine. I know it happened before, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna save my my thoughts on that until I do our overall listening experience. Yeah. But something else I would like to throw in there on the deep cuts is no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it reminds me so much of ACDC Riff Raff, but which is one of the best songs, but and it's but it's one of the best, records. but it's still a good song. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah, even though. I mean, you can't get away from it. That and and that's why I say, man, you can get ACDC and Kiss influences off of this album for days. Yep. Which those are both great bands, and I mean, if the for formula sure. worked for them, you know, use it. Well, I mean, think about it. It worked for for Def Leppard. For I mean, if you're just going by sales for a lot of records, but for you know people that like the kind of stuff that we do, the first three records are you know pretty flawless. This oh, is yeah. the best of the first three, but they're they're pretty flawless. Yeah. Um. So you want to get into the production? Yeah, I mean it's so we touched on it earlier. I gave it a five out of five. It's <laughs> Mutt Lang. <right? laughs> I just I just showed him my notes after he said it, folks. Uh, uh, yeah, I gave it a five. It's Mutt Lang, but like we were touched on a bit earlier. It's not as polished yet. Like this is a little bit earlier, Mutt, right? Um, well, which I also you know he a lot of the stuff. This he, is right this after, is right after back, back in Black, Black, I think um, somewhere right in there. Yeah, but. I mean, and I think that's why it had some of that ACDC kind of sound influence on it. Um, But it's you know it sounds big, it sounds more raw than their later stuff. Um, I just I just think it sounds great. Yeah, and and, you know I got it. You know I got it wrote down. You know Mutt Lang did it. It's not so polished that it loses its grittiness. If if I can use the word grittiness, which I'm going to anyway, because this is our show, folks. So piss off. But no, seriously, folks, we love you. We we want you to stay around. And I've always loved the raw, gritty sound of this album. And it is not overly... Well, let me rephrase this. I've always loved the raw, gritty sound of this album over its highly polished follow-up, Pyromania. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Plus... Which, Pyromania um, is great. It was an MTV staple. Yeah. But it, it's so polished... And Hysteria even took the polished, and yeah. they polished it even more. I don't even think Hysteria is very listenable anymore. Like I, I loved it more at the time, I think, when it came out, mm-hmm. than I really do now. Like, going back and listening to it now. That was, what, 87? 
86, 87, something like that. Yeah. I know it was on MTV on rotation for probably three fucking years. Yeah. Um, because honestly, I think they released damn near every song off of that album as a fucking single. I, I don't think I remember any record having more singles uh, than that. You know? um, once again, we don't do much research here, no. folks. Uh, we probably should have looked that up, but we just kind of go with the flow on shit. And uh, you know what else I love? The, the first what, the song. Hams? You I love, do the, love hams? the hams? I'm almost done with this tall boy, by the way. Uh, the first song, uh, side one, Let It Go, it's, it's kind of a ripper. I love it. There's cowbell in it. Like I could have used a little more cowbell. Oh, yeah. And honestly, if we're going to go back to our favorite tracks, that and High and Dry have always been my one-two boom They're boom good. on yeah. this. But um, as I got older and went back and re-listened to stuff on this, Lady Strange started really popping out to me because I, I think that's just a great written song. It is. Um, I mean, th- here's a common theme on our show. I like uh, a really powerful side one of a record, right? Oh, this has it. Uh, so all, oh. all five, like. So go ahead and say what you're gonna say, and then I. But know I mean, I you go. know, let it go to another hit and run to high and dry to bring on the heartbreak to six, switch to six twenty five. Like the whole side is fucking great. And then to hit on bringing on the heartbreak, you know, it's a great ballad with still enough raunchy guitar to keep you listening. It's a great song to give you a glimpse of where they were heading for the Pyromania album. Yeah. But the one thing that I always hated about that fucking song was because on the radio, it starts to fade into Switch 625 uh, like yeah, it does yeah. on the album, yeah. and they cut it the fuck off. You know, Switch 25 is it, a great outro for side one, and it needs to always be played with Bringing on the Heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, there's no other fucking way to do it. Because you can you could tell that it was probably something they thought up for when they do the shows live yeah. that gives Joe a little break. And the band can just kind of jam a little bit. And honestly, I think that's the one song on this album to where the rest of the band really comes to the forefront because most everything else is just like guitar driven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if you don't like like raw sounding fucking Marshall stacks and shit, you won't like this album. Yeah, no shit. You know, it's not like the bass and the drums really come to the forefront except for that song. Right. You know, it's like they just sat down, had a few pints and was like, fuck it, let's jam. Yeah, it's good. Um, there is one thing, though, uh, about that same song, the first one, Let It Go, that kind of uh, another band that popped in there. So the verse for that song reminds me of um, Quiet Right, Metal Health. Yeah. Like that vocal melody is is The is way it similar. flows yeah. and it's I know this was before uh, that, obviously, right? That was 83, right? Yeah. But it, it reminded me of that. I, thought, I wonder if Quiet Right listened to this. They, and, they might have borrowed a little from it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for the most part, all these guys all fucking pretty much knew everybody. Yeah. Well, I know that's more true for, like, the bands that shot out of L.A. I don't know right, as right. far as Def Leppard went, seeing right. as how they come from across the pond. And hopefully we got some listeners from uh, across the pond. Mm-hmm. Hey, look up some hams, folks. It's not <laughs> bad. I mean, I'm about done with this tall boy. I hams mean, is going to be an import across the pond. And trust us, Hams, we'll, we'll gladly take our little bit of royalties from it. <laughs> and, you know, on also, too, on this show, um, we got some extra news we got to throw in on the end. We do? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I mean, you know, I where are we? <laughs> the Hams is kicking in. I don't know. I'm hamstrung right now. Oh, okay. So we just did the production. So you want to get on to the overall listening experience? 
Yeah. Uh, I gave it a five. Like we talked, we hit on it a bunch. You've been copying all my fucking shit, dude. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's it's a super fucking fun record. Like I said, side one, all five songs are great. Most of side two is really good. Um, my favorite Def Leppard record. I love the way it's produced. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no real complaints. The weird ass album cover I like a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I said, those dudes around the edge. I don't know what the point of it was, but it's just creepy as hell. Yeah, it's, I don't know. The '80s were weird. Who did the album? Hypnosis. I don't know who it was. I think that's how you say. It. Yeah, it, it's not spelt like it's proper spelling, but yeah, yeah I think that's what it is. Right. I mean, it's a cool concept. Yeah, I like it. But you know, what about you? Um. You know, I just, I still, I gave it a five, of course. And it's still the best album in the Def Leppard catalog. I like Pete Willis and Steve Clark's guitar duo better than I do Steve and Phil. Um, Phil's great, but Pete played with more heart and attitude, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean... Phil Phil was the better guitar player. I'm not going to argue that with anybody. But Pete played with more heart and soul and... I mean, how Steve Clark, he just always wanted to be a fucking rocker. Yeah. And he had the Les Paul slung low. Yep. I, it, it all, that's all he wanted to be was a rock star. Yeah. And this is one of those things that makes you wonder what they would have sounded like if Pete had stayed in the band. Like, and, what would the next record sound like? Yeah, I know. And that's what was so sad was, you know, it's too bad that Pete drank himself out of the band. Yeah. I mean, he Although just could It's kind of ironic. Like, those other guys partied a lot, too. That makes you wonder how much he was it, actually... I know. It, you know. And like you kind of touched on a little bit earlier, it, was it a Dave Mustaine situation? Right. To where he just didn't know when enough was enough? Yeah. I mean, you know... No, I mean, it's Steve literally drank himself to death, so it makes you wonder how much Pete was drinking to get kicked out of the band, if that was actually the reason he got kicked out, or if there was other stuff. <laughs> that was it. the thing that I always heard them bitch about with Pete. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe he wasn't happy drunk, you know? That's true. Yeah. You know, maybe that did cause some internal rifts. He should have drank more hams. Yeah, I don't know, man. Hams could be like the new Mickey's. I mean, maybe you get about six or seven in you, you might just want to go whoop some ass. I don't know. I, I might have six or seven in me by the time the Ohio State game comes on tonight. Well, yeah, and hoping for another Buckeyes victory. Um, All right, so I'm going to say something right now. Go ahead. I, th- I think we made an executive decision earlier. Next week's episode? Well, I'm not. Did, did we make an executive decision? I think you did. Next week we're going to do... Yeah. Uh, 1988 classic kicks uh blow my fuse and it is not an original pressing it is the 180 gram audio file pressing yep so tune into us next time for that one yeah that'd be a fun one but uh have you ever seen def leopard live i haven't did you uh, yeah I've, uh me and let's see my wife your <laughs> sister mm-hmm. uh we've seen them at blossom music center up in cleveland nice Cheap Trick was the opener, and Poison was the uh, middle band. I've seen Cheap Trick, but I haven't seen uh, Def Leppard. And it was a great show. Um, you know, I had seen Poison before a couple times, but that was the first time I ever seen Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. And I was a little disappointed that Cheap Trick didn't get a little more time in the beginning. They're fun, right? Oh, my God. It was great. Was Rick going crazy, oh, throwing he, out picks and everything and just goofing off? Actually, I don't think he threw as many picks as he does if it's one of their like headline shows. Yeah. He was more jumping off of his little stage riser yeah. type shit. Like I said, they didn't let him play super long. And I kind of get it because 
it was it was really back before they really started touring a lot more. Yeah. Again, they were just kind of getting back into the swing and stuff. Was this when Bunny Carlos was still playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah Bunny was with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course, you know, Poison fades into uh, Def Leppard mm-hmm. a little better than Cheap Trick fades into them. So yeah. I see that, but I wish they would have maybe started the show a little earlier so Cheap Trick could have got a little more seat time on there yeah. instead of just coming out playing okay, radio hit, radio hit, radio hit, radio hit, up, yeah. finish, finish, and you know, and then they were done. I, but, saw, I saw Cheap Trick at House of Blues in Vegas, and it was like Rick was just hamming it yeah. up. It was, it was fucking and, fantastic. And honestly, if you're going to see Cheap Trick, you got to see him as a headliner. Yeah. But one cool thing about that show, I remember, was we were, I don't know, we was probably about 25 feet from the uh, soundboard. Mm-hmm. The soundboard would have been to our left, and Def Leppard was on stage, and I looked over by the sound guy, and I was like, holy shit, there's CC DeVille. No, oh, wow. And so I, I tapped Keela and I go, hey, I said, fucking CC's over there. She yeah. goes, what? I said, that's fucking CC. She's like, I thought that motherfucker would be taller than that, you know? And <laughs> what is he, about 5'1? I, I mean, I'm not <laughs> no, saying I'm that kidding. he's like super short, yeah. but, you know, some of these guys, you see them on stage and you're like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker's huge. You know, you know, CZ's not a very big dude, and I'll tell you what. Well, I mean that that's saying something. To be fair, Brandon and I are not big no, dudes. We're <laughs> we're not. I mean, we're we're standard average. What five seven, five eight? Yeah, right somewhere right in there. there. I like to say five nine. Uh, I like to stay five eight, but I'm, I'm probably really five seven. But who gives a shit? But uh, one cool thing about that show was like uh, when Poison was on. Yeah. Like the rest of the guys kind of went and took a break. And CC stayed out, and he was doing some of his uh, Samantha Seven band stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you got to see a little bit different side of CC that you normally wouldn't get to see. And I know people bag on him as a guitar player, but I dare any of you out there, if you're not into Poison, go pick your guitar up and try to pull off some of those licks that he can play. Yeah. And think about it, that that dude did it stone to the fucking bone <laughs> and pulled it off. Doing the... Uh... Scarface amounts of coke. Uh, who knows? <laughs> he was probably all jacked up on everything but Mountain Dew. That's all I'm gonna say, folks. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, Def Leppard. I, I mean, I gave him a solid four for live. Yeah. And the only reason I'd give him a four is because a lot of the songs, which we kind of touched on this um, with on the Foreigner album, when Mutt pushes everybody, it's like. Um, he just pushes the singers to their breaking point and then some. Right. So a lot of the Def Leppard songs that you know from the radio are all tuned down so right. Joe can still sing them. Right. And, you know, you can't bag on the guy. You no, I mean, there's a lot him, of bands that do that. But you couldn't expect him to go out and pull off them fucking album sounds every fucking night. Yeah, on a tour, like on a one-off show, I'm sure he could, but... You know, and... But, like I said, that's the one thing, if you take away from his album, you will like the raw grittiness of his voice, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that does carry over live. Yeah. You know, but just don't go in expecting to hear fucking pyromania, you know, sound effects and all that shit, because they're not that way live, but... I liked it. And they're a little different now, too, with Vivian in yeah. the mix. Mm-hmm. You he's know? a good guitar player, too. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, the fucking Dio snatched mm-hmm. him up when he was, what, 14? Yep. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the rock gods must have been saying, hey, go pluck this motherfucker out of this village or wherever he come from. But, yeah, Viv's great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else we can really say about this one. That's a good one. You want to wrap it up? Um. Yeah, you can go ahead and we'll do a recap real quick. 
All right. So, uh, album cover and artwork. Four, even with the creepy bastards going around the border. Yeah, I gave it a three, but maybe it should have been a four. Strong tracks rating? I'm going to give it a four just because we got to always throw one away. Yeah, um, I gave it a four. Uh, favorite track rating? I'm giving it a four. I gave it a four. Wait, what was your favorite track? I went um, high and dry on that one. Same. But, I mean, I had to only give it a four because I was torn because Let It Go is another great one. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. What about your track to avoid? What'd you give that? Uh, I gave it a two. You Got Me Running, not so much. Yeah. I picked the same song, but I gave it a three. Uh, deep Cuts, There's a, we've got a, basically the rest of the record on here. We both, yeah, gave, it both gave it a five. Yeah, um, production overall sound. I gave it a five just because it's raw and gritty. Yeah, I mean it sounds great. It it really does. I I mean I really do think it's the best and, sounding Def Leppard record. And, and it's just like you know this is one that you can throw on the turntable and just crank the fuck. You could turn it up to Spinal Tap. Turn that motherfucker up to eleven yeah. on this one. Yeah. You see most most blokes you know be playing at ten. You're on ten here all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff. You know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. If your shit only goes to 10, you need to get a knob that goes to 11. That's right. You can order them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, all right, where are we? Production overall sound? Do we just do that? We just did that. Uh, overall listening experience. Sorry, I've, I've drank it, a lot of hams it's this the afternoon. Hams. Hey, wasn't the hams logo like a bear or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a cuddly little bear. Look at up, smoking computer. Um, overall you, listening experience, what do we got? I gave it a five. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's still the best album in the Def Leppard catalog. It is. And and what do you give them for uh, seeing them live? Seeing them live, I give them a four. Yeah. And, you know, it, like I said, it was, it was still a great show. Yeah. And like I said, you know, um, like I said, Phil is a great guitar player. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Yep. And he's probably a super nice guy. But the one thing that I did think was kind of dirty on this album, mm-hmm. okay, was because when they did the uh, videos for Bringing on a Heartbreak, the remix, and for me on my wine, which they added to it, Phil was the one that they yeah. used in the videos. But you know he was nowhere in the band. I, when think, they I think that's pretty common. Recorded uh, band, the album. You know bands do that all the time. Uh, but I mean that's what was always weird about it. Like when I'd see it on MTV, and I'm like, wait a minute, he wasn't even in the fucking band before they, you know, these songs came out. Yeah. You know, but back then, you know, it wasn't like I was sitting there. and I was like, oh wait, this was done in blah blah yeah, yeah. year, and Didn't even think you about know. Then. Yeah. But it's like just looking back on it now, but. I mean, all in all, if you do not own this, go buy it. Yeah, it's a great one. This is, you know, this has been reissued too. We we had no G copy, like we said. It sounds great. The reissue sounds good too. Like like most of the stuff that we review, um, if you can get your hands on an OG copy, they typically sound a little bit better. And it, yeah, not always, but they, you know. And I just think they're not as compressed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing we've talked about that um, before. If you listen to a reissue. And then you listen to an OG copy back to back on the same system, it sounds bigger on, on the OG copy. But yeah, um, like I said, great album. Um, you know, like I said, if you don't own this one, go get it. Yep. Definitely. Um, honestly, you should have this 
Pyromania and on through the night yep. in your Def Leppard arsenal. If for nothing else, the covers of High and Dry and On Through the Night. On Through the Night is a sweet right? cover. With that guitar like yeah. on the, the back of the, the rig. Uh, all right, anyways. But so. it would have been a better album if On Through the Night yeah. song was on it. But then again, Mutt probably pulled that one out of a bunch of demo right. tape. Hey, here's one note. Oh, yeah, I'll make a hit out of that, you know, yep. knowing Mutt. We love you, Mutt. You've been on the show more than anybody That's right. so far. Even more than Smoking Computer. Yeah. <laughs> smoking Computer. I ain't heard much from him today. That motherfucker must be passed out. He's high as hell. All right. I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And we are Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. And guess what? If you don't like Def Leppard high and dry, fuck, fuck you. you.